Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Easy Conversations podcast, a podcast about having easy conversations. I'm your host, Furkan Daniel. In this week's episode, I welcome Justin home. Justin is a urologist based in Los Angeles. And in this episode, Justin and I talk about men's fertility and wellness. Justin shares some tips around how men can improve their fertility, but he also encourages men to seek out help when they do believe that they're experiencing fertility issues, because quite often those issues can be related to the heart. I really hope you get a lot out of this episode, and if at the end you can leave a five-star review, I would truly appreciate it. Right, Justin, uh, welcome to the Easy Conversations podcast. Thank you for joining today. Uh, super grateful for you to take the time and uh, give me this opportunity to have the conversation today. Uh, but before we get started, I want to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself and, and some of the work you're doing, uh, if you don't mind sharing and, and where you're located. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for, for um, inviting me and allowing me to participate in this. So my name is Justin Human. I'm a reproductive urologist and men's health specialist in um, Los Angeles. Um, so obviously a big part of my practice is uh, urology, specifically um, men's health issues such as sexual dysfunction, male fertility, hormone management. Um, so I do everything I can to optimize men's health from a young age all the way to um, older guys in their 80s, 90s, and 100s. Okay, great. And, and how long have you been doing this for? So I've been in practice for three years now. Okay, okay, great. Um, and I guess when it comes to men's health, like what got you into this space? Uh, what was your passion around it? Um, so what initially drew me into it was the fertility aspect. Um, even in a large city like Los Angeles, there's you could count the number of people who do male fertility on one hand. And mm -hmm. there's a huge need for this. Uh, younger guys are a lot more younger guys of um, my generation and, and younger generations are much more proact proactive in terms of their health. Um, uh, so with that, um, there's the need, there's a demand for doctors who, um, preach this, who appreciate, who appreciate those needs and appreciate the, uh, are willing to take the time to talk to patients and focus on those health issues related to young men and, um, their needs. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I have a bunch of questions here and, and starting with. I wanted to explore with you is how common is men's infertility? I mean, it's one of those things that I believe there's a stigma around it. And I'm sure men are afraid to, to even bring it up and talk about it. But I guess we can kind of break that stigma down by talking about how common something like this is amongst the male population. Yeah, so male infertility, it's, it's relatively, um, when it comes to the infertility world of what, what are the causes of infertility, whether it's the, the male or, or the female, um, it's about 50, 50, um, you know, in terms of who's contributing to what the, the part that makes male infertility a little bit more challenging is number one. Um, I think the psychological or the social aspects of it, you know, no one really wants to talk about it. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, and we all know that the stigmas, the taboos associated with it um, similar to, other types of men's health issues that's one but number two it's also hard to to know that you have uh, you you know that you're not fertile because there's no real sign of infertility right rarely is there a sign um sometimes there's an anatomic defect um where you know potentially things haven't um developed the way they should have but you know you could live a normal healthy life without producing any sperm 
Um, so that's the other thing, diagnosis of it. You wouldn't think, you wouldn't think that you're infertile unless you actually go get tested. Okay. Okay. And then what do you tell like your patients, like when they're obviously struggling with that, like what are some messages you give them? Cause you mentioned there is that psychological aspect to it as well. Right. Yeah. I mean, like anything else, you try to normalize it. You tell them like, look, realistically, and you know, in all honesty, you're telling them, you know, what, what, what you see day to day is they're not alone, right? In my clinic, I only specialize in male fertility. That's, I don't, I don't uh, see female fertility patients. And there's a ton of men who come in, they have fertility issues. Um, and those, those issues are broad ranging in terms of the causes and the types of things that could be done. And um, is it by, you know, very rarely do we find it a situation where they're not able to, we're not able to find any sperm. Mm-hmm. In most situations, we're able to either optimize their sperm counts or find ways to find a few sperm in order for them to have, or, or in order for them to achieve their reproductive goals. Gotcha. Okay. And, and what are some things men can do to optimize the sperm count? Uh, I know you've been talking about that quite a bit lately on your page, but what are some things men can do? Yeah, um, a lot of that, a lot of that question depends on what the cause is, right? So once you find out the cause of it, then you could appropriately, once you diagnose the cause of the infertility, you could appropriately treat it. But generally speaking, if I could say a couple things, you know, for all guys, it's the same thing that's good for your heart is good for your sperm, right? Mm-hmm. So um, eating right, a nice, well-balanced diet of leafy greens, lean proteins, complex carbohydrates, sleeping, uh, getting at least seven hours of sleep, exercising. If you're able to exercise, if you're able to get your heart rate to anywhere from uh, 60 to 80% of your max capacity for 15 to 20 minutes a day, or max heart rate, excuse me, for 15 to 20 minutes a day, that's going to be good for your heart, which is good for your testicles, it's good for testosterone levels, it's good for erections, it's good for uh, your sperm as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And then the other one, this is something that I see day in and day out, actually, is um, testosterone replacement therapy is actually not good for your sperm, right? It kills your body's natural ability, or temporarily, what it does is it halts your body's ability to produce sperm while you're on testosterone replacement therapy. Mm -hmm. I think a lot of clinics haven't told guys that, and I see a ton of guys who come in, they're like, I've been on testosterone for a couple of years. Now I have no, no sperm. What's going on? And in many ways, it's, a, it's an easy fix. It just takes some time. But okay. those are broad concepts, if I can yeah. talk to anybody. Yeah, fair enough. And that's interesting. Like, I've heard a lot about men either getting testosterone if they're, if they're bodybuilding or just if they feel they're maybe they're suffering with less of it. Um, so what you're saying is that's obviously going to impact their sperm count if they're putting that into their body yeah exogenous testosterone whether you're in the yeah. creams gels injections um uh, pellets whatever it is uh during that time while you're on that your body uh is, the sperm production goes down okay okay yes uh coming back to the the whole issue of men's health like what are some of the things that you're doing in this space to either bring awareness or or kind of improve some of the things that men are doing in their lives like, do you mind sharing a little bit of that? Yeah, I mean, I guess the main thing, um, especially when I when I initially started, the main thing I always wanted to preach with this was um, that that um, you know, men's health. First of all, what guys are experiencing when it comes to sexual dysfunction. So, if you're having erection issues in your twenties, um, if you're having fertility issues in your twenties and thirties, these things, or if you're having t- low testosterone issues as a young guy. These things are way, way more common than you think. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
And I think a big part of the reason why guys in general, and this is, this, you know, it's a bigger picture thing. And I think you could probably talk about this on your podcast is guys are just, you know, they, they, there's a taboo, there's a stigma with associated with seeking help for issues that are very, so that are associated with masculinity, erections, mm -hmm. testosterone, fertility. These are all things that, you know, for men, we should never have an issue with these, but I mean, my practice is built on this, right. And I'm, I'm one of a few people here in Los Angeles who do, who do this. So I could tell you that uh, in a big city like this, it's incredibly common and, and anywhere, anywhere in the world, it's very common to have these issues. So what I would say is this is, if you are experiencing this, these issues, typically you know, erections and fertility, it's kind of the, um, you know, the check engine light mm -hmm. sign that comes on. So if you are experiencing these issues, obviously, you know, don't be, don't be scared to, to seek help. Um, don't be fearful of it because it is common. But more importantly, this could be a sign of something, you know, related to your heart potentially, right? Let's say your cholesterol levels are elevated at a young age, you have diabetes, high blood pressure. And rather than delay you know if you treat that when you're in your late 20s or early 30s it becomes a hell of a lot easier to treat and the damage the long-term damage is a lot you know it's, it's shortened so you're not causing you know you're basically preventing this from becoming a chronic disease into your 40s 50s and 60s mm -hmm. yeah and then i guess we've talked about a little bit of treatment is there any other thing uh you want to talk about in terms of expanding on what treatment could look like yeah so um, so let's say there's a hormonal abnormality. Some guys, they have low testosterone levels um, and they have low fertility or the sperm counts aren't great. There's ways in which we could naturally boost your testosterone levels. And by doing that, by naturally boosting those testosterone levels, we're helping the sperm production, maturity, um, all the things that are important to the sperm life, we're able to help with that. So that's if you have a hormonal abnormality. Let's say you have a varicocele and a varicocele is like a, um, it's varicose veins of the testicles. The testicles are very temperature sensitive. And when you have these dilated veins around, it increases the temperature. And what that does is it causes problems with the quality of the sperm. So there's a surgery that we can do. I use, I do it under a microscope called a varicoselectomy. And what we do is we isolate those veins that are dilated, isolate them, tie them off and make sure that they're not having any of that backflow um, where it's increasing the temperature. So that's another uh, solution if guys are um, experiencing infertility with a varicocele. Um, other times, <clears throat> excuse me, other times, um, you know, they're guys are producing sperm, but they're just not coming out, right? There's sperms in the testicle. It's not coming out either. They had a vasectomy in the past. Um, sometimes they have a very poorly, um, developed vas deferens, which is the tube that carries the sperm from the testicles to the outside world. In those situations, we'd have to actually go there directly into the sperm through, in a, through a small incision, extract the sperm out and then um, use those sperm for um, typically IVF um, with their female counterpart. Okay. Okay. And I know you wanted to talk a little bit about testosterone. Like, do you want to expand on some of that uh, and, and especially around fertility? Yeah. So I, I touched on it a little bit earlier, but um, I think, you know, well, for number one, when it comes to fertility and testosterone, uh, two things. Number one, we, like, like I said, we, we do need intra, all sperm needs intratesticular testosterone, right? We do mm -hmm. need that. And, um, a lot of young guys, I think guys are younger and younger guys are having low, uh, experiencing low testosterone symptoms. Um, I'm seeing it at a younger age, to be honest with you. Um, and I, I think that's a, it's for a number of reasons. It's, 
potentially some of it has to do with just natural evolution, but I think a lot of it has to do with our lifestyle. We're more sedentary. Uh, we're not getting that vitamin D that we need. We're not exercising. You know, we're, we're, we're sitting down for eight, 10 hours a day at work. Mm-hmm. Um, and all of that promotes this, you know, decreased testosterone levels. Now, is that something that, uh, you know, we could just live with? Yeah. But other times it really impacts the guy's quality of life. And testosterone yeah. is incredibly, incredibly important. Um, for all the reasons many people, I'm sure you know, I'm sure many of your, your listeners know, um, it's important in our quality of life, the way we perceive the world, our mood, our sleep, our erectile function, our sexual desires, um, exercise, or even the way our body looks, um, our confidence. So um, there's many ways in which we could boost testosterone levels. Um, but as long as you, you know, you just got to find out you've got enough information on it, because um if you are trying to have to preserve fertility, there's yep. one route that you have to go now, but if fertility is not important to you, then you could go down the testosterone replacement therapy route, but right. um, yeah, you just gotta be educated on it. Okay. Okay. And, and I think you touched on a little bit of how we can boost testosterone, but it's very similar. Like you said, right? Like it's, it's like how you would take care of your own physical health or, um, and your heart. So, um, and I guess, you touched on diet as well. Uh, the other thing I wanted to touch on is the impact of drugs and smoking. Um, is, is there any correlation between those choices and your fertility and, you know, testosterone production, sperm count? Yeah, definitely, definitely. Now, um, we don't have a lot of, when it comes to tobacco smoking, um, um, I'm not, I'm not too familiar if there's any direct study looking at cigarette smoking and, uh, testosterone levels, mm-hmm. but, um, just think about it, right. If, you know, those essentially what it does is it, it decreases blood flow or it could long-term impact the blood flow that goes to the testicle and less blood flow means less function. And the testicle does two things, testosterone and sperm. So if you're not getting that blood flow in this, you know, theoretically, or, you know, I'm testosterone levels and sperm production could could be impacted negatively it won't be a positive impact and the beauty is when you quit smoking um even from a lung standpoint after a few months you you know you start to realize the impact your your body is able to clear out some of those toxins and try to get back to a normal state um so it's not if you do it for long long periods of time it could become permanent but Mm -hmm. uh, for the most part these are temporary um uh, deficits right and is there any Research around recreational drugs and the impact? Yeah, so marijuana, that's a good question. So marijuana use and fertility, um, this is kind of a, uh, you could look at it both ways. So they've done studies where we know that marijuana could throw off some of the hormones if you smoke enough of it. Um, it could throw off some of the hormones, that, as I mentioned earlier, testosterone, yep. estrogen, all of these things. There's a, there's a very, uh, it's very t- it's sensitive. The hormones have to be well adjusted and basically it would live within this narrow range. And what happens is uh, marijuana could throw that off and that could negatively impact your sperm quality. However, we also know that marijuana for many people is an aphrodisiac. So mm-hmm. if they are smoking, you know, if it does lead to more um, episodes, more frequent intercourse, that could obviously increase your reproductive chances. Therefore, so in, in some ways, obviously it doesn't help the sperm quality, but in other ways, if it does lead to more sex, then you could have, um, more opportunities in order to have kids. Right. Right. Okay. That's, that's good information. Yeah, so marijuana is yes and no, uh, tobacco is a, it's a hard no. Okay. Fair enough. 
And and I guess this one's a bit interesting and I wanted to touch on because part of this podcast is really around emotional and mental health, but has there been any research or based on some of the work you've done where you've seen people's stress levels and emotional health and how that impacts? I mean, I know, and we, we see it a lot, like our, our ability to manage stress obviously impacts our physical health, but I'm sure there's some impact to, to our fertility as well, I would assume. Stress? Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. So the, um, it's a great question. So, um, the same precursor hormone that goes to the stress with the, the cortisol, which is our mm -hmm. stress hormone, that same pre precursor goes to testosterone. So when we look at um, young guys who come in um, with low testosterone, the root cause is usually not a problem with the testicle. The testicle is generally healthy enough to produce good amounts of testosterone. It's just not getting enough stimuli, mm -hmm. uh, stimulus. And that a lot of that has to do with the idea that they're stressed out or lifestyle factors. So yeah, there's no question about it. They've done studies where they look at it. There's a supplement called ashwagandha. Um, I don't know how familiar you are with that. Yeah. I've um, heard about it. Yeah. yeah. Which helps with mood and relaxation and They've done randomized controlled studies, well-developed de well studies or well-trialed studies where if you take ashwagandha regularly, by re re essentially by relaxing yourself, you're able to increase your testosterone levels because with that, you're relaxing that precursor hormone. You're going to have more of it to produce testosterone, number one. You're going to sleep better. And we know there's a huge, huge correlation between sleep and testosterone levels. Mm -hmm. Getting at least seven to eight hours of sleep is, is incredibly vital for normal testosterone levels. So... Um, Having said though, you know, stress and the impact on, on testosterone, on fertility, on quality of life, it's incredibly important. It's, it's, uh, it shouldn't be discounted at all. Yeah. Yeah. No, I'm, uh, that is interesting. I, I guess we don't, everything kind of leads to that, right? Managing our emotional health is obviously, we've talked about it a lot, but we don't really see the impact it could have to, to even fertility. And, and sleep is definitely an important piece that I think we we often undermine so i'm glad you mentioned that um i guess as we get to the end here like i wanted to touch on like what are some determinants of male fertility whether it's you know you've touched on hormonal but i wanted to touch on like uh maybe we'll start with genetic um are there any genetic determinants when it comes to male fertility yeah great question um there's probably you know there's probably hundreds of thousands of genes that control male fertility. Um, in modern 2022 medicine, we, we can only test for four of them. Um, we only know four that we can test for. Um, and those are genetic tests, the blood tests that we can do to see um, where you fall on this spectrum, if you will. Um, it's, it, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things about infertility both from the male and female standpoint that we still don't know. Um, mm -hmm. But the good thing is that um, we have options, even if very rarely do I see a guy who comes in who has a genetic condition that completely excludes them from ever having a child. Mm -hmm. um, there's always a chance of going into the testicle and searching for those sperm, essentially, you know, looking under a microscope, not necessarily seeing the individual sperm, but you're seeing the healthy tissue around it, yeah. by extracting it, by mincing that tissue and looking under a microscope. There's always a chance of finding anywhere from one to 10 sperm that could potentially be used for, for IVF. Um, but the genetic component, um, and this is a tough one for guys. It's a tough yeah. one to be dealt with because it's, it's, uh, you know, you're dealt a hand and unfortunately you have to play the hand that you're dealt. There's very little that 
when, when you have a genetic condition that's causing infertility, it's, it's nothing that you did. It's essentially genetics. Um, but again, there's, even in that situation, there's a, there's a small chance that we can actually go in there, um, through that procedure I had discussed earlier, going in there and individually finding some sperm that could be used for, for future fertility. Yeah. Yeah. And the reason why I wanted to touch that on that is, um, I think part of the issue is often, you know, and I'm just putting myself in that position too, is we would take as men, we would take it personally. Right. And we would probably, and I touched on it earlier, there's an aspect of shame that comes with it. But to your point, if, if it's genetic, it's not really something that you did or, or it's, it's almost like, you know, it's not your fault. It's just, like you said, it's the card you're dealt and, um, or the cards you're dealt, like, and, and it doesn't make it easier, but at least, you know, there is treatment around it. Yeah. I mean, there, there's some, I don't want to say, I don't want to say that there's always going to be a, a yeah. way to find sperm, but in some, it depends on the situations. Obviously, it's hard to, to paint this with broad brushstrokes here, but um, you know, in some situations, there's fine, there's ways in which we could potentially go in there and find sperm. But yeah, like you said, you're delta hand, you're delta mm-hmm. hand. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then I guess along those lines, like what about behavioral stuff? And I know we've talked about certain life choices, um, we've talked about drug use, diet, but are there any other behavioral determinants when it comes to uh, male fertility? Um, yeah, I mean, life, you mean like lifestyle things? Yeah. Um, yeah, so the, the lifestyle, so the other one is, and this is something I, I, I should have mentioned earlier, is, uh, and this is one that's, that's pretty common, is... Um, essentially anything that increases your testicular temperatures or increases the temperatures in that groin area is not good for your fertility. So, um, laptops on the lap, which are incredibly common, right? Yeah. Putting laptops in your lap for long periods of time. As I mentioned, the testicles are very temperature sensitive. So by increasing that temperature for uh, 20, 30 minutes every day, that could decrease your sperm quality. Um, cell phone use, right? Putting the cell phone in that front pocket, even that I, I try to tell guys, try not to do that. If you mm-hmm. can either, you know, Put it out, you know, when you're sitting down, you know, leave it on a desk or put it away from you. Put it, um, you know, try to keep it as far away from you as possible during those times where you're sitting down. Um, sauna, steam rooms, jacuzzi here in Los Angeles, hot yoga. A lot of guys do that. So uh, any, those types of things could decrease sperm quality. I've had guys who have come in who um, they, they're essentially trying to have children and, you know, they're t- they tell- they come in, they, they do a semen analysis. They have very few sperm. You ask them what they're doing. They're doing the, they're sitting in a jacuzzi for 15, 20 minutes a day. Um, but yeah, the temperature around the testicles, it, that's a big one too. So um, obviously be, be mindful if you are trying to have a child or you're, you are trying to conceive soon, be mindful of the fact that those types of things could decrease sperm quality. Yeah, that's, uh, that's interesting. You mentioned that. I'm glad you did because the cell phone one also like it drives me nuts because often I do it myself. But even like I'll, if I'm driving or I'm sitting, I'll put it between my legs and um, big no-no sounds like uh, I could see you shaking your head. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, even, I, I agree with you. Ever, ever since uh, I've been very mindful of that myself, I kind of have, you know, when I'm, when I'm sitting there and I have it in my pocket, I'm like, oh, God, I got to get this thing out. Yeah. It's yeah. Like I'm mom. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But the sauna one and hot yoga, I mean, that's, you know, a lot of people do saunas and and hot tubs or or even hot yoga for therapeutic reasons and and obviously we know the health benefits but that's interesting and and is this more that any 
form of those activities are bad or it's in moderation, it's okay. And it, maybe it depends on the situation. Like you said, if someone's trying to get pregnant or whatever, maybe just be mindful around those times or in general, like you're saying, like, just, just be mindful. So what I would say is this is, uh, you know, obviously there's this balance between uh, you always want to, if, if that's an important part of your life, you know, you obviously want to continue doing it. But one thing, you, do you have to be mindful of this your, your whole life? No. But during those times where you're trying to conceive, I, I would generally recommend just being mindful of the fact that doing this for long periods of time for, for many days in a row can negatively impact your fertility. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, if you so essentially what I would tell you if you were my patient is if, if you are trying to conceive, obviously you've come in because you're having a hard you're, you're already having a hard time conceiving. Right. So if you if you come in, you're having a hard time conceiving and you do, you engage in, you know, sauna, steam room, jacuzzi, what have you, uh, a couple of times a week, I'd say try to refrain from that until you're able to actually conceive. And then once once you do, you could go back to that type of, you know, that activity, if you will. Right. Right. And I, I guess I just want to differentiate like it's more so for when it comes to sperm count, not so much around testosterone. Is that fair to say? Yeah, that's more, it could negatively impact testosterone to a lesser extent. Um, that takes a little bit longer for that impact, but more so from a acutely short term, it can neg negatively impact uh, sperm qualities. Definitely. Okay. Okay. And then and one of the things I'm interested on, I, I had done a podcast earlier. Uh, well, actually it was a year, almost a year ago where we talked about, porn addiction and stuff like that. Is that something you've researched and what have you found uh, in that space as well? Uh, because, you know, again, it's one of those things that is very taboo to talk about. Oh yeah. So um, it's, I see a lot of it. Um, I see a lot of erectile dysfunction as a result of porn addiction. Um, so young guys, 21, 22, they're, they're coming in, they're like, my erections aren't strong. Um, and you kind of, you delve deep, like, you know, like we mm -hmm. talked about it, you want to do the whole workup, you want to make sure that there's no underlying cause, no underlying health issue related to this. And once you rule out health issues, hormonal issues, um, you start talking to them about, you know, their porn viewer, you know, how much porn are they watching? And they, they say they watch, you know, some guys are watching five or five or 10 times a day. They're, they're masturbating five or 10 times a day to pornography. Um, and the one thing, you know, obviously from my standpoint, I do everything I can to help them. I work with the sex therapist locally here. And one of the best pieces of advice the sex therapist had told me, and I, I tell young guys this mm -hmm. um, as a way of kind of um, breaking things down, it's uh, for every two times, you know, when you're masturbating, for every two times that you watch pornography, the third time should be just mental, right? Don't watch anything. That way you're, you're keeping the, the mental aspect. First of all, you're not 100% watching porn all the time, but more importantly, that mental, that creative aspect, um, is still there um, so therefore it helps balance it out um, and create a, a little bit more of a healthier uh, relationship with pornography yeah yeah and, and uh, this one's gonna be last question but this one's funny because uh, I remember this Seinfeld episode where Kramer switches uh, <laughs> from boxers to briefs and the whole comment was around sperm count is there any truth and I could see maybe some truth behind it with temperature when it comes to your testicles, but is there any truth behind that? Like in terms of even the, the type of underwear you wear? Yeah. I mean, so it obviously varies from person from guy to guy, right? It, there's a, uh, there's you know, different guys react differently to this, right. To those, those temperatures. But yeah, the idea, if you're, if you're wearing a tight set of briefs, 
right? Where things are really snug and pulled up. Um, you're not really allowing your scrotum to do what it's meant to do. So the idea behind the scrotum is its main function is the idea that when, when it's cold outside, it wants your temperature, your testicles to live with it, you know, within that narrow temperature range. So it pulls it up closer to the body. When your body's too warm, it relaxes it. But when you're, when you're wearing briefs and everything's really snug, tight, close to the body, there's no, it's, it, it's not doing its job. So it's not doing that, that it's not the thermostat. Uh, yeah. It's not having that thermostat effect. So um, yeah, so there is some truth to that, but again, there's so many guys who do, you know, wear briefs and they have, they, they have kids and they're fine. Right. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things that if, and when, uh, you do have fertility issues, these are the types of things we could talk about. If your, if your counts are altered, whatever it is, these are the things that we could talk about, about further optimizing, or at least pushing the needle a little bit closer to normal in order to uh, ultimately conceive. Okay. No, that's great. Um, there's this huge focus and I've heard, you know, people talk about it too, where uh, a lot of my friends or people I know are uh, very reluctant to get the COVID vaccine uh, because they believe that it's going to impact their fertility. Now, is there any research or work that you've seen that either proves that or disproves that theory? So it's absolutely not. Uh, there's, there's zero impact. Um, there was actually a study that, that showed that the COVID, vac- the COVID vaccine itself actually improved um, you know, sperm counts. And that's not to say that it actually did, but mm-hmm. when they were comparing guys before and after the vaccine, the numbers actually went up um, and the quality went up. But, you know, th- so to answer your question, there's no, no data, no scientific data. And everyone is looking into this from, from both the male standpoint and the female standpoint. But from a male standpoint, there's zero impact in terms of the COVID vaccine causing infertility. And the thing I'd like to say here is we know that COVID itself can impact your fertility, right? So let's say you don't get the vaccine. Mm-hmm. Getting the virus or having, you know, having the illness will temporarily, we know that it temporarily decreases your testosterone levels. So it comes back to that previous point that I was talking about by decreasing your testosterone levels, your sperm quality, those sperm parameters get decreased. So um, it's, you know, look, look on both sides of the coin here. If you don't, if you, the vaccine doesn't have an impact, but if you do get the virus, if you do get ill, there's a chance that your fertility could temporarily, um, at least temporarily, uh, be compromised. Hmm. And so, so I guess the, so then the recommendation obviously is to get the, the, the vaccine from that standpoint. And, you know, some of that theory around, uh, impact of male fertility hasn't been shown. Um, yeah, so I mean, uh, you know, everyone everyone can have their own opinion in terms of you know whether or not to get the vaccine. But if anyone's concerned, their main concern for not getting the vaccine is uh, male fertility issues. I would like to say, like you know, there's nothing um, conclusively, you know, in all the science that we've that we all the scientific studies, not even something that remotely hints that the vaccine will cause infertility. Right. Okay. No, I appreciate that. And I guess in. Uh, Thank you for doing this again for people that want to get a hold of you or find you online. I know you mentioned social media and stuff. What are some ways they can, uh, they can find you? Yeah. So um, I'm on social media. I'm on the various social media platforms, but if you Google my names, Justin Human MD. So um, and my last name is spelled H O U M A N. Um, you could find me on any of the social media platforms. You can email me through those or send, send me a message through those platforms. I'm happy to respond, but um, yeah. Yeah, if you have any questions or um, thoughts, feel free to reach out. Okay, great. Thank you again. I really appreciate you doing this and thank you for your time and for all the information you shared. Likewise, likewise. Thank you so much.
Thank you for tuning in to another episode. As always, please subscribe to the podcast if you enjoy the episodes or leave a comment in the comment section. I always love hearing from you. Thank you again and until next week. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of the Easy Conversations podcast, a podcast about having easy conversations. I'm your host, Furkan Dandia. In this week's episode, I welcome Justin Hellman. Justin is a urologist based in Los Angeles. And in this episode, Justin and I talk about men's fertility and wellness. Justin shares some tips around how men can improve their fertility, but he also encourages men to seek out help when they do believe that they're experiencing fertility issues, because quite often those issues can be related to the heart. I really hope you get a lot out of this episode, and if at the end you could leave a five-star review, I would truly appreciate it.